Tehilim Perek Bet, Lama Regeshu Goyim. Like Mizmor Aleph, Mizmor Bet contains no direct address to God. It also contains no koteret or title. Mizmor Bet serves as a rebuke to those nations attempting to rebel against God and His King. As is common in Mizmor Tehilim, there's no specific nation or king mentioned in the Mizmor, so it can refer to any particular rebellion or serve as a general rebuke to the nation surrounding Israel that, that they should not rebel against B'nai Israel. This Mizmor consists of 12 Pesukim that can be divided into four sections of three Pesukim each. Each section has a different speaker, but all highlight the central theme of the Mizmor, that the Jewish king is God's representative, and that rebelling against this king is tantamount to rebelling against God, and will therefore be met with serious consequences. So we have a rebellion against the Jewish king, a continual emphasis that the Jewish king is God's representative, and then a discussion of the consequences that will befall those who attempt to rebel against God. The opening section of the Mizmor, Pesukim Aleph to Gimel, frame the rebellion of the foreign nations against the Jewish people. The section describes their gathering for rebellion and quotes their rebellious words. We'll begin with Pasuk Aleph. Lama goyim ulumim yegurik. The opening word of the Mizmor, Lama, implies a baffled question. The word Lama, or why, implies, why are they doing this? This is not going to be a successful enterprise. The Mishorer is astonished that the foreign nations are going to launch a revolt. He therefore asks, Lama, why are the foreign nations Rageshu, murmuring, and why are they whispering in vain? He asks, Ulumim Yagurik, why are the Liumim whispering Rik in vain? The rebellion of these people will ultimately be Rik. It will be vain, it will be unsuccessful. What we see in this Pasuk is a common tool used in the poetry of Tarach, and that is a tool of parallelism. For example, in this pasuk, the word lama, that baffled why, parallels the word rik. So we know then that the Mishorer's question of lama is giving us the implication that this enterprise will not be successful. Then the words goyim and leumim parallel, and the words rageshu and yegu also parallel each other. Pasuk bet. Yityatsivu malche eret, beroznim nosedu yachad. This pasuk continues the question from Pasuk Aleph. The Lama from Pasuk Aleph goes to Pasuk Bet as well. Why are the kings of the land standing together and the leaders joining together against God and against his king? The word nosedu is from the root sod, which means a gathering. The nations are gathering with the purpose of rebelling against God and Mishicho. The king of Israel is referred to as Mishicho since he is Nimshach, or anointed as king. The emphasis, though, here is on the Cho. Whose king is this? This is God's king. This highlights that the nation will not succeed. In the next Pasuk, we will hear the manifest of the Goyim. Pasuk Gimel. Ninatikat mosrotemo, v'nashlicha mimenu avotemo. Let us cut off their fetters or bonds and throw off their cords. 
the foreign nations which to th- wish to throw off the straps and cords by which they are bound to Bnei Israel. These straps symbolize the subjugation by Bnei Israel. First the straps are cut, and then the cords or yoke of power can be thrown off. The goal of this rebellion is for the foreign nations to free themselves from Jewish rule. In this pasuk, we're introduced to a suffix that we'll hear a couple of more times in our mizmor, and that's the suffix mo, mem aleph, mosrotemo, avotemo. This suffix is simply a poetic form of the suffix him. So instead of reading the word mosrotemo, we can read it mosrotehem, meaning their bonds, and avotemo, their cords. Now that the rebellion has been framed, we hear the responses from God and his king. The next section describes Hashem's response to the Goyim. Pasuk Dalid. Yoshev bashamayim ischak, Adonai yilag lamo. He who sits in the heavens will laugh. Adonai will mock them. Hashem's initial response to the rebellion is mockery, immediately indicating that the nations will fail. Hashem is Yoshev Shamayim, heavenly, transcendent, while the foreign nations are Machai Eretz, merely people of the land. The name Adonai is also used as it emphasizes Adnut. Hashem is the ruler, the real king. After this initial mockery, Hashem, so to speak, confronts the nations in Pasukhe. Az yidaber elemo be'apo, uvacharono yivahalemo. Then he will speak to them in anger and disperse them with his wrath. Azidaber implies immediacy. Just in speaking, God will be able to disperse the gathering. In the next pasuk, we are told God's frightening words that will have the ability to disperse the rebellion. And I anointed my king on Zion, my holy mountain. Hashem is emphasizing, this is my king. I chose him. Who are you starting up with? You, you foreign nations, you are fighting my representatives. Malki, har kochi. These are mine. And these phrases emphasize, sorry, echo the phrase, mishichol from the first section. Again, this is the central idea of the mizmor. The Melch Yisrael is a representative of God. Therefore, trying to fight him is trying to rebel against Hashem. Both the first and second section of Armies Mor end with Dibur Yashir, direct speech. Pasuk Gimel gives us a quote from what the Goyim say, while Pasuk Vav quotes Hashem, with each verse contrasting the other. Now that we have heard Hashem's response, we will hear the king's speech in the next section, section 3. Pasuk Zayin Asaperai al-chok Adonai amar elai Biniata Ani hayom yelididticha Asaperai al-chok This is kind of a difficult verse to translate, but we could read it as follows. Asapera, I will tell, El, so that, Chok, Chok from the language of to engrave. So the Mishorer or the king is saying, I will say this so that it will be engraved. In other words, I will tell you something that will last forever. 
I am telling you a true or eternal message. And he tells, Adonai amarelai, biniyata, ani hayum yediditicha. God told me, the king, you are my son. Today, I myself have born you. Bini. The king is like a son to God, hayom, from the, no- from the day he is anointed. Again, the central idea of the Mizmor is emphasized. The king is God's chosen king. And the next pasuk, the king continues to quote Hashem's words to him. Pasuk chet. Shalmi meni ve'etina goyim nachalatecha, v'achuzatcha afse aretz. Shalmi meni. Just ask. Just like a son can ask anything from his father, the king can ask from his father, from Hashem. Ve'etina goyim nachalatecha, I am prepared to give the land of the nations to you as part of your land, your inheritance, and the ends of the earth will be your possession. The king is telling the nations that the fact that I rule over you now is a result of my asking this from Hashem. Hashem told me, if I want to rule over the foreign lands, if I wish to acquire foreign lands, Hashem will give them to me. This continues into the next pasuk. If necessary, not only will I have the foreign nation's land, in addition to that, I can rule over them harshly. You will break them apart with an iron rod. Shevet Barzel was a tool used to punish a rebelling slave, indicating a very severe form of punishment. You will shatter them like a piece of ceramic. This image always refers to something or to a destruction that cannot be repaired. Once ceramic is shattered, it cannot be put back together. After being told that their rebellion will fail, the king or Mishorer directly addresses the nations, telling them how to properly act. Although he has the authority to destroy the nations, this is not ultimately what God wants. The final section of the Mizmor parallels the first and serves as a contrast to it. Pasuk Yud Ve'ata melachim haskidu hibaseru shoftei aretz Now kings, haskidu, listen with wisdom. The Mishorer is emphasizing here, listen with wisdom. What I have to tell you is wisdom, is meaningful. This contrasts the Yegurik that we saw in Pasuk Bet. Hivaseru shoftei aretz. Hivaseru, listen to rebuke. Take heed, judges of the land. Hivaseru is from the Shoresh of, or from the language of Musar. And this, again, is in contrast to the Ninateka, remove the burden. Here, listen to the Musar, as opposed to throwing away the Musar, as they wish to do in Pasuk Bet. The nations here are referred to as Shoftei Aretz. This is another phrase for king. It parallels the Melachim of the first part of the Pasuk. And it indicates, or refers to, one of the roles of the king, which is to judge the nation. So the Mishorer, or the king, is telling the nations, listen to what I have to tell you. 
And here's what he has to say, Pasuk Yud Aleph. Ivdu et Adonai bir'ah, vigidu bir'ada. Worship God with fear and rejoice with trembling. Fear God, and the result of this fear, you will come to serve Hashem. Gilu, rejoice with trepidation. It was customary to have a festive occasion to show that one was accepting of a God's authority. The ultimatum to the rebellion, to the rebellion against the king, is not to serve the king. Rather, it is to serve God. Once again, reflecting the central theme that the Jewish king is a representative of Hashem. Pasuk Yudbet, the final Pasuk of the Mizmor. Nashiku var penge enafetov tu derech, kivar kimatapo, ashre kol josebo. This Pasuk opens with the phrase Nashiku var, and this phrase is referred to as a davar satum. It is a baffling text that is very difficult to interpret literally. So we are therefore going to follow the interpretation of the Ibn Ezra who translates it as follows. Bar is ben or son in Aramaic. Like a bar mitzvah is a ben mitzvah. The king is called the son in the Mizmur. So the thrust is, worship God, but nashikuvar, kiss his son. Show that you are subservient to the king. Don't go out against God. Instead, serve him and follow his kings. Why should you do this? Lest God become extremely angry, and as a result, you will perish, since his anger is immediately inflamed. Ye'enaf is the next level of anger. We referred to Harono, God's anger, in Pasuke. God would speak to you in anger. Here, we're on the next level. He is Ye'enaf. And if he reaches this level of anger, you will perish in your intentions. The phrase kimat used in this pasuk is not the kimat that we think of in modern Hebrew. Rather, in biblical Hebrew, the word kimat connotes immediacy, meaning in one second, God can destroy you. After this warning, the pasuk ends with the phrase ashrei ko josebo. Happy are those who shelter or trust in him. This final pasuk brings us back to the opening rebellion of the Mizmor. In that opening section, the Goyim wished to remove the proverbial yoke of God and his king. In the Mizmor's closing, however, they are told, Ashre, the happy people, are those who accept God's authority and protection. We open the Mizmor with a rebellion against the king, which is really a rebellion against God. Then hear God's reaction, where the rebellion will lead to. Then we hear the reaction of the king. The fourth section concludes the Mizmor and tells the Goyim what will ultimately occur if they do rebel. You will not succeed. Instead of this, you should worship God. This word ashrei is reminiscent of the ashrei that we heard in the opening pasuk of Mizmor Aleph, ashrei ha'ish. So ashrei ha'ish opens Mizmor Aleph, and ashrei kochosevo closes Mizmor Bet. Chazal comments that, that Pirakim Aleph and Bet were in fact one Mizmor, the opening Mizmor of Tehillim. The thrust of this is, it doesn't matter if you're an individual or a nation, happiness comes from following God. 
Just as Mizmor Aleph was viewed as an introduction of Tehillim, Mizmor Bet can also be viewed as an introduction to the book of Tehillim, as it does not directly address God. So another explanation as to why this Mizmor opens Tehillim is that Tehillim is sometimes referred to as Mizmure David. These are the compositions of David. It's therefore appropriate to open this book with a promise to David that his dynasty will indeed be successful.